Hey everyone, this is Harmon. Welcome to Comedy History 101. Since it's the holidays, we are going to do a CH 101 select on the history of Donald Trump attempting humor. Yeah, we thought it would be a fitting episode because it looks like we're at the end of a very long shit show era. And in celebration of never seeing the man in orange take the presidential podium ever again. The episode also features my interview with Obama's former head speechwriter, David Litt. And he chimes in on why Trump isn't funny and kind of where Obama excelled at comedy. And we will also be back next week with a brand new episode, a three-parter on the history of John Belushi. Whoa. But before we do take some time to like, subscribe, and comment on Comedy History 101, wherever you get your podcasts, also take time to sponsor Comedy History 101. We are an independent podcast. We don't want to have ads. We want to keep this ad free. So throw in a few dollars each month via our Patreon site, patreon.com slash ch101 also a quick plug next thursday december 4th 8 p.m i'll be live streaming my show jokey Oki stand-up comedy karaoke in a three-round game show and you can check that out on twitch.tv slash comedy history 101 and without further ado Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101. Nice reporter. Now the poor guy, you got to see this guy. Oh, I don't know what I said. Oh, I don't remember. He's going like, I don't remember. Oh, maybe that's what I said. This is 14 years ago. He still, they didn't do a retraction. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. What, what did we just hear there, Scott? Oh, that was, that was well, unfortunately. He wasn't a president when he did that, but now he's the president. So that was a president um, mocking a disabled reporter. And and uh, I'm sure everyone's seen the clip. And how, how what, what's his physicality like when he, he's doing such? He's making, like, um, challenged faces. And he's doing, like, a challenged hand gesture. Yeah, so what you just heard there was um, our president, Donald J. Trump, attempting humor by mocking a disabled reporter at, at one of his rallies. And, of course, you've tuned into another episode of Comedy History 101. Where we school you in comedy. I, of course, am Harmon Leon, and with me, as always, is Scott Colonico. How are you, Scott? I'm good, Harmon. Uh, I'm just kind of got a little, uh, bit, a little bit stuffy, but other than that, I'm pretty good. Oh, you get a little bit stuffy. Okay. Yeah. That that, that there uh, there you go. I don't know. Is that a German thing? No, the stuffiness. Just, people, Is that an Oktoberfest thing? They could probably hear it hear it over the radio. Too many too many pretzels. Too many pretzels. Yeah. <laughs> ah. uh, as they say, but as they say over here, bratzels. That's the weird thing. 
Oh, and, and, and what they say, what you think it would be uh, uh, Werner Herzog, but it's actually Werner Herzog. Yeah, the, the Zs or Ws over here. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. No, Ws or Vs. That's the other way. Then what about a VW? Not, no, it's a Falve. That's, how, that's the, what it's called. No, that's a car. Yeah. Is that right? Was that right? Falve? Yeah. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a German fact checker over here. Yeah, it's called Falve. That's, how that's you say right. VW in German. Oh, okay. Anyway, it's a little off base, but the topic today is <laughs> the history of the humor of Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Trump as a purveyor of jokes and his sense of humor within the White House. So it's kind of, a, we, we're not going back to like, say, the 70s when he was taking out full page ads in, in, in all the New York papers to ask for the death penalty of, uh, you know, teenagers that were laterally exonerated for, for, for a crime they didn't commit. No, we, we forgot, we forgot but about I think that. But that's not really a sense of humor at nice. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're, we're, we're basically focusing on the history of humor in the Trump White House. Scott, what, what's your take on, on on Donald J. Trump as a purveyor? Of I don't think there's a well. I mean, if you want to get right, don't think there's a whole lot of humor in the Trump White White House right now. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit on the uh, correspondence dinner, and I've been doing some research, and I think we kind of both came to the same thing where, like, the problem with Mr. Trump, Mr. President, as you know, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh-huh. The problem with him is he he doesn't he can't take a ribbon. And like for example, I watched I watched a real I watched a really good clip of, you know, as much as I don't like President War Criminal George Bush II, um, he actually could like he could take a ribbon, and he was really good with like being the I'm the dumb president who who misspeaks a lot of times, and he could actually he was actually pretty funny when he would do it. Yeah, and there's this clip, and actually my friend wrote for the White House Correspondence Dinner uh, where this happened, where, uh, and this so got overshadowed by uh, Stephen Colbert's great hosting of the event that year, where, where George W. Bush was on stage with a George W. Bush doppelganger impersonator, and they did, like, dueling Bushes. Members of the White House Correspondence Association... Distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, here I am. It was really funny. And my friend uh, who wrote jokes for that dinner will attest that that George W. Bush was one of, in in politics aside, was one of our uh, most naturally funny uh, presidents. As far as just being able to sell a joke. I think he, he, he's he got a personality, and he can play up to the personality and does it well. I think Obama did that as well, uh, but Obama wasn't as much of a war criminal as George Bush was. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're right on track there. And, it, <laughs> and, it, and it's really interesting, uh, you know, the, the, the take on, on, on George, or the take on Trump as a purveyor of jokes, of humor coming from the White House, is recently um, I did a story for the New York Observer where I interviewed David Litt, who um, uh, he's now the head of Funny or Die, Washington, D.C., but at the time uh, for like White House correspondence dinners, um, he was Obama's head joke writer. So, you know, he knows the insides of uh, humor in the White House and, 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 and the ability to write for presidents, and he had some very interesting takes on 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 the sense of humor 
that is coming out of the White House in in the in, in this new era of what would you call this era? How would you describe it? Trump. Trump. Yeah, so he was the head joke writer for when Obama was in the White House for like the like White House Correspondence Dinner. And now he's actually written a new book about it. It's called Thanks Obama, My Hopey Changey White House Years, which you should check out on Amazon or any place you can buy books other than Amazon as well. <laughs> But like I said, um, so I interviewed him for uh, the New York Observer uh, on his take on Trump uh, in the White House as, as, as a slayer of jokes. And he had some interesting uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, insights into that. What's interesting is President Trump has a sense of humor. Um, I, I draw a distinction because I think some people point out that he never laughs in public and to say he doesn't have a sense of humor. Um, I think those are different. Uh, I think President Trump has a sense of humor. I think it's a very classic bully's sense of humor, right? Like in the sense that the, um, you know, whatever, the kid giving a wedgie to some other kid on the playground is doing something that is amusing or entertaining uh, to onlookers, but it's not necessarily like a well-crafted joke. Um, And it's sort of inevitably looking for the, it's using humor as a constant um, sorry, word. it's like a constant uh, sort of way of asserting status right so, so humor becomes this uh, this tool to uh, remind people that you're the dominant one in the room or in the space hey. and sorry go ahead uh, uh, you know, so for example like um, you know, he retweeted that uh, video someone mashed up of like Trump hitting a golf ball and then the golf ball hits Hillary Clinton in the back and she falls down. Um, You know, like that is reflecting a sense of humor, but I think it's um, a pretty, it is a a departure from past presidents where, you know, the idea of humor was to sort of uh, show how open and and warm you are as opposed to show how uh, dominant you are. Scott, what is your take on that? (laughs) <laughs> That's a... yeah. I mean, it's it's like you know you know want the you want uh, as president you want to be warm and stuff and that's and that's good. Whoops, sorry, I wasn't there in front of the microphone. Yeah, as a president you want to be a warm, be perceived that way. You know, I think that's you know that's that's a definite uh, something you're trying to get across. You know, and and when you're dealing with someone like Trump, that might be a little more difficult. Yeah, but I think, like, what he was saying is, um, you know, and it's so obvious, is that his humor is, like, the, 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 the total adage of, of, of humor is you should always punch uh, up, not punch down. And whatever is perceived as his sense of humor is all punching down. It's all coming from a place of above to show that he's the one in charge, that he's the authority. So again, you know, we have that where he's mocking disabled reporters. Um, Just last week or two weeks ago, uh, he was mocking Dr. Ford at one of his rallies uh, who went on at the hearings, uh, you know, and it's just all this. I think part of the humor of Trump is like, oh, no, he's he's not saying what I think he's saying. And it's not to me, it's not a sense of humor. I mean, I guess it is, but it's like 
being the bullies and laughing amongst it. We, you know, he makes his 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 uh, you know his rally crowds laugh, but if you break it down, uh, it, it it doesn't apply to any like much like everything else in the Trump White House. It doesn't apply to any conventional laws of of, of humor because it's all no just, no it's it's well yeah no it, it's just it's it's the mocking it's the the punching down, it's the making fun of other people who aren't in on the, you know, it's just, it's not a nice kind, it's not a nice kind of comedy. So there is a sense of humor in the White House, but but the thing is, it's like, you know, self-deprecating seems to be completely off limits. So if you go back to, say, one of our episodes on the Comedy Central roast of Donald Trump is like, it was off limits to joke about how much money he actually has. Um, they had to negotiate to make jokes about his hair only if, you know, they could also put a bragging of how much money he has in the bank, mm-hmm. which wasn't even true. So, yeah. But something, something interesting I found is like when, when Trump jokes, um, well, not even jokes, but like when he, he says these like asinine statements, like he'll be giving a speech in front of a group of uh, police officers and then he'll make a joke of like when they arrest somebody that, you know, maybe you shouldn't be so nice to them, you know, and he's, you know, at a time when, uh, um, you know, there's, you know, uh, you know like African-Americans being basically killed by police officers, you know, and he's making jokes that the police shouldn't be nice in their treatment of, uh, uh, you know, a suspect at the time, you know, that they're, they're arresting. And then always his handlers have to come back and, and like your Kellyanne Conway's and go, you know, that was a joke. He was joking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's them covering up for him. And then it, it's, it's that thing that we talked about where like people just like love the fact that he's off limits. He's draining in the swamp, you know, he's saying what's on his mind. And that's, that's the thing that, that people are, are, Find quote funny un, unquote funny, you know. Yeah, but and 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 you know again, David Litt had some interesting thoughts on that. There was never a time when Barack Obama said something and we said, "Oh, actually, he was joking." I, I forget. You have to look it up, but I don't know if you know Mike Birbiglia, the comedian. Yeah. He, uh, in his um, special "Thank God for Jokes," he talks about like how you know people say like we'll say something that's like just disgusting and then say oh just joking as if that makes it better it's not like if you have and it's I'm again paraphrasing he's basically saying if you have to say just joking it's not a joke right um so you know I think what uh the I think I I, I don't really take that sort of um defense very seriously particularly because generally it's there's never a moment when there's no pause for laugh right like these are not moments when it is apparent to anybody, including the presidential staff, that this is a joke before there's a controversy. Right. So what they're really saying is you should be selective in which com- statements from the president you take seriously, and you should let us make those decisions well after the fact, not like 50 minutes, but like days after the fact of what the president was saying that you should take seriously and what you should not. Um, which would be very convenient, but that's not how the world works. Right. Uh, not just politically, but also, like, other countries have to make decisions based on what the president says. Um, you know, businesses make decisions based on what the president says. So, uh, 
you know, and citizens decide whether or not their rights are in jeopardy based on what the president says. So it, it, that idea, I think, is, um, I just don't really take that line of, of argument very seriously. Um, this isn't, I wouldn't say quite a lie, but it's kind of like, it, it's one of those things that just says we don't really care, right? Like, in other words, it would be like, um, you know, imagine if, because this odd thing about just joking is saying like, oh, it's on you that you didn't get it. Mm. But if, but imagine saying like, oh, when, you know, whatever, Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, you should tear down this wall. Imagine if an advisor a week later had said, oh, he didn't mean it. And that's all they're saying. It's just like, oh, what was in his head was that this isn't real. This isn't actually like, this, everything up till now was a thing the president was saying, but these words weren't actually, they don't count. And no one would take that seriously, no one should. But uh, that, I mean, that's such an amazing point. I mean, because it's just like, um, you know, we've seen his spin doctors come in and, and he'll say something horrible. And then their spin is like, it was a joke. He was joking. Or Kellyanne Conway will go, you know, Washington, D.C. has no sense of humor. But again, it's just like, it's like who they're the ones to dictate to say this was a joke or not a joke. And it's on you because he didn't get the joke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's just like total spinning, you know, just like going back through and watching some of this stuff was uh, interesting. You know, if you, saw, if you see like, well, you know, Reagan, Reagan was an actor, you know, and <laughs> so to see him actually genuinely be kind of off the cuff funny um, is pretty good. You know, he, he actually had a, a way where you could go, you know, oh, that's him. But he, but he did have that one instance where he did make that off-the-cuff joke about the um, missile starting to fall. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No, what was that? Oh, you don't remember that one? No, no. We'll, we'll yeah, find the clip was, and we'll drop it in. That, what was, what was, was it? Yeah, you'll, you'll, you can find it. During a mic test, uh, he gets on the air and um, Reagan says, uh, I just signed a law declaring the Soviet Union illegal. The missiles begin dropping in five minutes. So that was that was like a total ad lib? Yeah, it was an ad lib, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ouch, ouch. But... <laughs> But the interesting point about that is, and, and I think it's the main point of, of what that is, is um, if, well, first of all, if you have to explain a joke, then it's not a joke. <laughs> it's, if, if, if everyone thinks it's serious and then you have to have a press conference to declare that it was a joke. It it it's kind of wasn't a joke, but 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 yeah. what you're saying is, or what they're saying is like his spin doctors is like if you have to come back and say that was a joke, that portion there, everything up to there wasn't a joke, but that bit was it was a joke. So you shouldn't take that bit serious. But in a way, if you have to explain it, then you think, well, is everything he says is a joke until we're told otherwise? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's all a joke, dude. One thing I always wonder is, uh, you know, does Trump write his own material? Is he ad-libbing? Or is it like Stephen Miller writing all the jokes uh, uh, for his speeches? You know, because, again, it's like the sense of humor of a president. It's supposed to show your your human side. And, and you connect with people through humor. And, well, obviously he connects with his supporters by punching down in that sort of sense of humor because they always seem to be busting up at, you know, mocking a disabled reporter or a sexual assault uh, 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 victim. And they always think that's funny. So, again, it's like playing your crowd. Uh, but do you think he writes his own jokes? Uh, that, that was like one of the questions. <laughs> you know, I have no idea. He hasn't done a lot of these events, right? Like he skipped the correspondence center. He went to the gridiron and told some jokes that his staff had, or someone had clearly written. I don't know if they were his staff or somebody else. I don't know if you've spoken to a guy named Landon Parvin, who I don't know personally, but who has apparently done all of the jokes for the Bushes since time immemorial. I don't know whether he's doing Trump's jokes. Maybe there's some animosity there, mm-hmm. um, but that could be somebody. I don't. I, I, they don't have a ton of people, um, and I don't know if they have someone who's kind of a dedicated joke writer. I would say that just from the, and I'm trying to be objective here, you know, and, and not as a as a partisan, but as a joke writer, I would say that the jokes did not, I didn't think, oh my gosh, they must have a professional doing that, <laughs> um, but I also didn't think he must be doing all that himself. Um, the Al Smith dinner in 2016 was very interesting, because the first page, there were about five or six jokes that clearly someone had written one or two of which were actually quite good. And then uh, then it totally went off the rails and you got the sense that he was kind of either ad-libbing or reading setups and thinking, well, I can do the punchline better and, and was wrong. Yeah, so I think what he's saying is Trump uses, uh, he, he goes more for being off page. I, I think as you see, like when he's, doing any other speech when it's like he has to read right from the the teleprompter he always just looks so tense but when he gets to go free form like in his rallies you know that's that's him and his element yeah and he, and it's and it's horrible I and mean, we we kind of talked about this in the um i mean it it's you know to watch him or listen to him it's horrible but the people in the rallies love it but then we talked about this too on that episode where he was like writing on the, the, the way we did the, uh, the comedy central roast with right. Trump when he was talking about, it. he was like writing, you know, he's like rechanging the punch or he was just changing the punchlines to jokes to where they weren't funny, but that was his thing. Cause he just thought he was that much funnier. Yeah. I think on that comedy central roast thing, he would actually, he would keep the joke intact, except he would cross out the punchline. Yeah. That was, the, that was the thing that we had. Cause people had had the, um, they had the actual. Somebody had kept their notes or whatever. Where his actual, yeah. his, the script was his actual, his actual, like you know, his, his uh, notations in there. Yeah. So I asked David Lip if he thinks that uh, for the most part, uh, you know, he goes free form, and, and and whether or not he's ad libbing, and and this is the response I got. I, I I would have to assume. I mean, I don't know. You looked at that. Does it, does it look written down to you? I don't think so. That's a good point. Does it look written down to you? 
<laughs> when do you think like he wrote down, you know, when it was time to uh, mock the re- the disabled reporter or Dr. Ford? Do you think that like, you know, Stephen Miller is writing that down for for to pop up on the teleprompter? Yeah, no, I think that's all just just normal Trump. I think, you know, probably what we what we see at his rallies is probably 90% normal Trump. You know, which is why he always makes the news when he does the crazy talking about Studio 54 and he's at the Boy Scouts rally and all that other stuff. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Where he's just like, you guys <laughs> yeah. can get drunk. Not too much. I, what was that one? Yeah, no, it was just... He's making like some know, sexual innuendo yeah, or something. Yeah, talking and, about going to parties during the 80s or something. Yeah, what? What? I know, I know. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess sort of just to bring this all around... Uh, Let's just hear some final thoughts uh, that that uh, David Litt had on uh, on Trump and, and his sense of humor in 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 the White House. One is I think the fact that he doesn't laugh matters. Um, I think it's a very strange thing, and I don't one hundred percent know what it means. But like, if you went to a doctor and the doctor never laughed or really smiled, it would be you would feel uncomfortable around that doctor, the fact that we have a president who doesn't laugh is not a good thing. I can't tell you exactly the contours of its badness, but I I can promise you it's not good. Um, And it's very notable. Right. Uh, And it's not just that he can't laugh at himself. He just doesn't seem to laugh that much, except sometimes if someone is uh, attacking an opponent of his in a disrespectful way. And to get back to what we're talking about bullying, I think for Trump, his sense of humor is very much about um, who can I publicly disrespect right. and a display of public disrespect and getting away with it is, is joyful in a weird way and I think that is what people are responding to with laughter um, it's just you know I wouldn't call it a joke but it's a different type of humor that's based on this idea of you know the rule that we're breaking is that we're supposed to treat these people with some basic decency and I'm uh, flouting the fact that I can get away with breaking that rule right um the, uh, the other thing I would say is, um, with Trump as a joke teller, I just think it's very notable that he hasn't gone to the White House Correspondent Center, because I think he clearly, that audience of people, um, you know, is, is like D.C. journalist, uh, you know, a New York journalist, it's Washington, VIPs, and Hollywood celebrities, or at least it traditionally was. And so I actually think you know, that, that's the group of people Donald Trump has spent his entire life hoping to impress. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a weird uh, irony to the fact that he became president, I think, in, in large part because he thought that that would finally make him part of elite society um, and has realized since then that, you know, he's not capable of winning over the people that he's historically spent his whole life caring about. Uh, more than anyone else. And so I think there is, you know, it would be, um, if it was someone else, it would look tragic and right. sort of, uh, you know, and, and inspire some sympathy. As it is, I, you know, I can't say that I I spend a lot of time losing sleep over it. But. Yeah, I mean, I think he's right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like the people that Trump has been trying to appeal to his whole life, he's not getting, but these other people are like, like, like getting him and he just... I mean, like you know, when you when you break it down, he's just kind of a uh, he's a Brooklyn boy. They're from Brooklyn, right? Queens. 
Queens, Queens. He's like a Queens boy trying to to make it big, and he's been trying to kind of do that his whole life, you know. And he's still kind of. What do you mean, like trying to make it big, dude? I read that that article that came out in uh, 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 I think it was New York Times was when he was eight, he was already worth. He already had a million in the bank thanks to his dad. When he was yeah, yeah, no, 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 but I, I think the thing is he thinks he's that person. Like he doesn't like I, – I, no, I read that article. Yeah, we, he's like a million. He was getting a million dollars every year for his life. You know, He thinks he's that person, you know, and so he, he – So it is, it is his mind of how he or any social path processes information. The story that he sort of built for himself – Suddenly right. becomes his reality. Yeah, that's that's his. That's reality. how social paths work. That. Yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah, and that's why, and that's why he <laughs> he, and then you know that's why again why he, you know those the 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 working class people like to identify with him because he's like you know he's on their side and he's one of them and and uh, that thing that kind of happened again. Earlier. But also, just Too interesting thought of yeah, yeah, um, just how he never laughs. Like the only time I've, I've seen him laugh, like in recent times, was I don't know. I didn't see. Do you see the Kanye interview? I heard stuff. Was there, was about there, was it. there laughing involved in that? But the only I time I recently know. saw him laugh was uh, when he gave the UN speech. And everyone started laughing at him. No, we. Yeah, and we, then he we, went. I expecting a different response, and, no, and he it, laughed. And then he, yeah, you, you could tell he's genuinely laughing, but I think he's laughing more in shock to, like, make it appear that he's not an idiot. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, of course, that was a joke. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, so anyways, uh, my buddy Joel, who's a photographer, was at the UN that day and was in the room uh, when Trump gave that speech. And, you know, Trump tried to spin it of, like, it's the fake news taking it out of context. But... Uh, Joel said it was nope. They were just simply all laughing at him. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because I, I there's an article actually in the Times today where it was talking. They were talking to a couple you know kind of middle class people and uh-huh. you know people who didn't want to admit that they wanted to vote for Trump and they voted for him. They're going okay, well you know things are work. You know their taxes are lower, which I guess all right. I mean. I could see that. I mean, I, I, I just, I'd never recall, I haven't been there on those shores in a while, but I've never recalled, like, having a president go in, all of a sudden my taxes being lower all of a sudden. But I guess mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not in the target bracket, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're filthy rich and, you know, you're paying, you know, tens of thousands of dollars plus a year and suddenly you're saving that amount of money, you would think, yeah, that's a good thing, but, you know, is it benefiting the the common good? You know, it's just kind of a, a selfish, you know, not looking at the whole community of uh, Americans as a whole. No, I mean, it, it, it's like going, okay, we're going to give these, these guys a break. Um, there be there, you know, there might be some infrastructure that we need to fix, but no, it's better that these guys have a break first. So, yeah. So in general, um, uh, so David Lint wrote for Obama, and Obama, of course, you know, one of our funniest presidents uh, in recent history. I don't know who was funnier. Was JFK funny? Sort of, but no, he wasn't. He wasn't as funny as uh, like off the cuff as Obama because Obama had the double of just being able to. Do a great ad lib, but also deliver great material with great timing. 
Kennedy was actually pretty good. I mean, actually, we'll um, get into the, into de- into depth on this on this is present, but uh, he like would do the same thing at press conferences, and he was like kind of one of the first people. I mean, when you're doing you're doing a press conference and you're giving an answer right off the cuff, and it was they were pretty funny. I mean, you watch them now, you go, okay, mm-hmm. that was pretty funny. So you know, he he had a pretty good. He was pretty deft himself. Yeah, so so the question is, uh, you know, if offered like uh, uh, opportunity to write for the current president, uh, would, would Obama's you know head joke writer would would he take that job? Uh, I, I mean, I just wouldn't do it. You know, I, I think that for a president, telling jokes is uh, it's not the most important thing they do politically, but it's it, the reason that presidents try to be funny is because it ha- it helps them. Uh, accomplish their agenda and it helps them convince the American people that they're doing a good job and that they have the right set of sort of values and priorities or they wouldn't do it. Um, and so, you know, I, I just, I think it's impossible to separate the president from the, from the, you know, from a president's words. And that's true with jokes just as much as it's true with any more serious statement. I'm sure that Donald Trump is not an easy person to write speeches for but I don't think you can separate it. You know, I, you, you can if you write jokes for a celebrity and they're hard to work with, you can sort of separate the the act of writing from the person you're writing for. I just don't think that's possible when it's the president. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the question itself is just um, it kind of, uh, you know, I, I see what you're saying and I'm sure that it would be, I'm sure that like, is he gonna use all the punchlines that someone writes for him? No. And I'm sure the joke writers are frustrated by that, but it seems so completely irrelevant based in the, you know, in the context of, like, who this person is and the fact that he's president. Um, and, and this is also, you know, the thing that I would say about joke writing for presidents is that uh, part of the joke for, is always that it's the president telling a joke. Um, and you, you can't separate the the written words on the page from the fact that the person delivering those words is present. Right. It's just not, um, it doesn't work. Yeah, that's a good point because, uh, yeah, I mean, part of the joke when when a president is being funny uh, or is at like a White House correspondence dinner is that part of the joke is it's the president doing the joke. Like Obama, when he did the drop the mic sort of thing, that... That joke's based upon that it's Obama dropping the mic, that it's right, yeah. the president that's doing it. So, you know, again, it's like not – there's just that level of here's the president uh, doing the joke. And in the case of Trump and his sense of humor, it's like here's the president – saying this very inappropriate thing and mocking this person in this public forum and it's coming from the president. And that's why I think he gets those laughs from his uh, uh, base of supporters at his rallies. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think, I think the, um, I don't think he even needs jokes at the rallies. I think that, you know, him just being Trump is enough. Yeah, I mean, but he gets... And again, it's like playing your audience. So again, and, and playing your audience and not playing your audience. So um, 
at his rallies, he gets the laughs, but when it's like outside of his fan base, like say at that Al Smith dinner where uh, Hillary was also on the bill and right. like one of his jokes or attempts at jokes is probably an ad lib just sort of ended with, and Hillary hates Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. so, so, so if he would have done that in front of his, uh, you know, rabid you know, base of supporters, he would have got a big laugh. He did that where it's not his base of supporters were part of like in Trump's, you know, uh, joke formulating mind thinking he's read the crowd is, is thinking that's enough that 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 the, the point of the that joke is it's so inappropriate and I'm just so publicly mocking this person where it's normally not a president who stoops that low to to do that type of humor you know it, it got booze so yeah. I think if he <laughs> would have delivered it for you know Again, he misread the room. If he would have done it for his base, he would have gotten the same amount of a big laughter when, you know, he mocked Dr. Ford and got big laughs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he knows his audience. That's right. So any other takeaways on, on your part, Scott, as uh, you know, the history of Trump as a joke purveyor, as, as the humor coming from the White House? So let's what's the what's what's the uh, what's the title of our episode again? Uh, the history of uh, the humor of Donald Trump in the White House, I think. Okay, Something well, like. I think the history not a whole lot of history there. I think it could be a very short little pamphlet that we we could consult. Um, I don't think he cares much for speech writers. I think he kind of does his own thing. Um, don't think any of his stuff has really been that funny. I think he's kind of a bully, and it's a little scary to watch him talk. Yeah, I again, I think he thinks he's better than the joke writers. Like as we proved on the episode about the Comedy Central roast, he he goes freeform off the page because I think like in that Al Smith dinner, he thought uh, you know he had a couple of constructed jokes that uh, you know joke writers wrote, but then probably in his Trump mind, he thought you know I can do better than this, and then you know came up with ad libs like Hillary hates Catholics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the Al Smith dinner, because like yeah, Smith, Chari- charity was, dinner. Yeah, well, that that was kind of was that the the political Al Smith. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a Catholic charity. Exactly, that's the deal. That was like okay. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 have some warm ribbing, and uh, you know, make it all about himself. In the end, yeah, and the, the charity that you're there for. Okay, buddy. All right. That's right. So, anyways, that's 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 our episode on the history of uh, the humor of Donald Trump in the White House. And with that, it's now time to plug away. Scott, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Oh, hey, Harmon. Well, thank you. Yes, I do. Just got a couple of uh, films coming up. I'm very excited about this. I've got a couple of premieres of uh, two short films. I have one short film that will be premiering at the Hilava. Uh, International Documentary Film Festival in the Czech Republic in uh, just a couple weeks' time. And also another one, a new movie that I think will be pretty funny, as opposed to the one Aki Lava, which is a good movie but not funny. <laughs> um, this one is uh, Everything You've Ever Wanted to Know About Sudden Birth But We're Afraid to Ask. And it's a uh, short about one of the worst police training films of all time. And that will be premiering at the... Uh, Kur- the International Winterthur Kurtzfilm Taga Film Festival in uh, Switzerland in November. Oh, 
Just a side note, that sounds like um, that's a whole nother episode. The history of the worst police trading film of all time. All right, fair enough. Double plug for you there. (laughs) (laughs) And and for me, um, I have my show uh, Tail this Thursday at the Red Room above the KGB bar. It's the finest in New York storytelling. 8 p.m. at the Red Room above the KGB bar. You can find out more at facebook.com slash tail NYC. My, my interview with uh, David Litt will appear in the New York Observer. Uh, I believe it'll be coming out uh, tomorrow, Monday. We will post a link on it on our site, wordsoverchair.com, where you can check out all our past episodes of Comedy History 101, and just want to thank uh, David Litt. Uh, we used uh, some audio when I interviewed him for the New York Observer. Uh, be sure to check out his book, Thanks Obama, My Hopey, Changey White House Years. And with that, thanks a lot for tuning in, and bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.